Welcome to the Winter Maintenance Podcast, Episode 23, Part 4 of the FHWA Claris Initiative webcast. I'm Dwayne Collett. On June 25th of 2007, the FHWA hosted a webcast on the Claris Initiative. The FHWA granted the Winter Maintenance Podcast permission to make the webcast proceedings available. So you can listen to these presentations on your MP3 player or iPod while you commute to and from work, the webcast audio has been divided into five parts. A link to the PowerPoint slides used in the webcast can be found in the episode notes. Part 4 contains a presentation on the Regional Demonstrations Phase 3 and Claris, Vehicle Infrastructure Integration or VII Activities. This is getting into phase three, and I'm going to turn this back over to Pat Kennedy to speak about the third phase. Okay, thank you, Paul. Um, well, as mentioned before, phase three now, what that's going to involve is uh, looking at the solutions that are arrived at by the three different teams that are working on uh, phase one. And it'll be a team uh, within the Federal Highway that'll uh, review each and start looking to see if the solutions are standalone solutions when you compare them to the uh, three concepts of operations or if there's enough similarities, maybe we can combine them uh, into uh, one solution as opposed to two or three different solutions. if the decision is made that the solutions are uh, viable enough to, to, to warrant moving on into phase three, then these will be posted uh, via an RFP uh, for competitive award. Uh, the timeline that's shown after this is, uh, you know, this is a, a best guess right now as to this timeline, but we're looking at, uh, you know, the phase, the, the, the phase one con Now, that's not a best guess to be delivered by uh, February of 08. Uh, the internal review will take place uh, February to March, and we're looking at trying to post these uh, sometime in the March to April uh, timeframe of 2008. We're also going to allow a, a period of performance of two months, and we're trying to make this where we know that you know once uh, we make the decision to put an RFP, there's going to be certain internal contractual stuff occurring here at Federal Highway that's going to eat up some time. The period of performance, we want to try to structure this that uh, if, if uh, we do go ahead with this, that the contractor will have a full two, uh, 24 months to, um, you know, to work on phase three and, and that the, the time that's involved in getting this through our contractual process uh, won't count against the, the 24-month period. Um, this this is just kind of uh, to give you an update of some things now that are starting to occur or have been occurring uh, where, you know, we're trying to uh, pull together activities uh, that are occurring with the VII, which is the Vehicle uh, Infrastructure Integration uh, Program, which is basically trying to come up eventually with cars that will be offloading data uh, to roadside equipment. Uh, the cars will be able to talk to each other. The data that's gone going off uh, will go to different places, and then at some point, information will be coming back into the vehicles. And all you know, it's the, the potential. Of what all of this is opening up with VII is just uh, rather mind-boggling. 
but in you know in an effort to start uh, uh, kind of getting our program meshing with the VII, uh, MitreTech, which is now called Noblis, has done uh, actual mobile uh, sensing. Uh, they have a van set up with uh, a whole bunch of different sensors that has been driving up and down uh, a road here that's local in Washington D.C. And actually, for the you know first time of trying to really capture some uh, uh, data that uh, is available from vehicles. And uh, what's interesting about the uh, the two efforts is that we're finding that you know the there's so many variables that play into uh, depending on where the probe was located. Uh, the the you know during the testing phase there were a number of probes located in different locations, and depending on where they were had a significant impact on the uh, uh, readings that were being taken. Um, and it's also very dependent on uh, vehicle speed and congestion. You know, it's something that you would probably think, yeah, it, it makes sense, but to actually see real data coming in and uh, cooperating that, that a vehicle stuck in uh, rush hour traffic and not moving, uh, there's a significant difference in the temperature it starts recording versus one that's still you know, on an open uh, uh, roadway. Uh, we even found that even though these two vehicles were intended, uh, there was, well, there was actually three vehicles involved. There was the van uh, from MitreTech, but then there was also two uh, uh, cars. And an effort was made to get these two cars as similar as possible, but one of the differences was color. And it seems that the color of the vehicle uh, also had an impact on uh, the results. Uh, and then finally, we're finding that the information that was being generated uh, from the sensors on the vehicles were noticeably different than you know what is in an in-situ location, such as the uh, ASOS at Dulles Airport, uh, the uh, R-West that are located along the Dulles Toll Road. So there was uh, two two uh, studies done there that very interesting to see uh, you know things that we're hoping that with VII, and I'm going to talk about POC here in a minute, but that we'll be able to further explore some of the uh, stuff that we're seeing already. Another important uh, landmark of trying to you know, get our program in mesh with uh, VII is uh, NCAR produced a uh, feasibility report, which is available. If you look at the last bullet, it tells you exactly how to access that. And uh, it's a you know, very important uh, report that was put out that kind of shows that, yes, there is uh, the feasibility for being able to get information off of vehicles that uh, can be used to help, you know, improve anything that you're trying to do with uh, weather observations is there. And uh, the big unknown is, you know, how this will develop as we get more and more cars uh, producing VII data. Um, it's just the potential, again, of filling in some of the gaps that currently exist and being able to try to figure out what's happening at uh, road level uh, with surface weather. Um, if you're interested, I highly recommend going uh, and, and looking through that report because it's got a lot of good information in it. And as I mentioned, VIIPOC is going to be coming up. Uh, it's tentatively scheduled to start happening sometime uh, in the fall of uh, 07. And it's what what that's going to involve, and the one of the unknowns right now is how many vehicles are actually going to be participating in this. Uh, we're trying to get our team is trying to get a handle also on the uh, data elements that are also going to be uh, uh, available for data to be generated from some vehicles running. Uh, they will not be running on a test track in Detroit. They'll actually be running uh, 
you know, through a predefined uh, corridor in Detroit and uh, running periodically. We're hoping that, you know, they'll be able to run them and capture uh, data during uh, different weather conditions. Uh, one thing I should note that in addition to the POC that's occurring in Detroit, there's actually three other uh, uh, sources of data that are being worked on to try to, to create uh, VII-type data. There's, it ranges from a uh, laboratory in Herndon to what they're calling a garage uh, uh, in Columbus, Ohio, to a test track that is being set up where they'll actually be able to have better control over trying to do uh, some of the stuff related to VII. Because even though we have uh, uh, four applications, or well, actually three weather-related applications uh, that tie into what they're calling day one, uh, which are applications that we're envisioning would be in place as the uh, vehicles actually start to roll off the assembly line uh, in years to come. Um, they, let's see. We, you know, we, as it says there, we worked with uh, contractors to create the uh, the requirements for the POC that tied directly into these day one applications. And we have three weather-related ones. That uh, one is for winter maintenance, which would actually explore possibility of uh, VII-generated data fitting into uh, MDSS. Uh, we have uh, two uh, traveler information. Um, applications, one with using Claris and then one without. Um, and as far as uh, for POC, what, we, what we've done is we've, and I think what I just said was applied to day one, that for POC, we've kind of combined all of our applications into just one idea, which is to start trying to prove the uh, concept of what we're calling a weather data translator. Because obviously the, the probe data that's coming off of uh, the cars is going to feed off into what they're calling roadside equipment and eventually through the rest of the system uh, is just, it's probe data. And that somehow is going to have to be translated uh, into a weather observation. And it'll involve, uh, you know, the translator will have to deal with data sampling and quality checking and bias removal, uh, probably the... The, the part that's really exciting uh, and that you can read about in the uh, feasibility study from NCAR is uh, trying to combine different uh, information coming off the vehicle, like uh, whether the windshield wiper is on or off and the air temperature that's being uh, recorded by the vehicle, and then matching up uh, that kind of information with radar information to show that, you know, if the temperature is down below freezing and there's... Uh, precipitation looking like it's occurring on the radar, uh, you can confirm that possibly with the fact that the windshield wipers are on and off. And if you've got the windshield wipers on and it appears that the air temperature is right for some frozen precipitation and the radar is showing it, well, then it helps uh, confirm that it's not Virgin that you actually have precipitation hitting the ground. So there's some, some really exciting stuff uh, potentially with uh, you know, the kind of information that could be generated by we we've seen it just with a with a couple of vehicles or a few number of vehicles. When you start adding it up into you know production vehicles and millions of vehicles starting to run across the United States, uh, providing weather data, it's uh, pretty exciting. And I think I'm going to turn this back over to Paul now. Okay, great, thanks, Pat. 
And just wanted to say that, uh, as Pat was just saying, we think the, the opportunity of linking up the weather, uh, road weather management with VII is huge. Uh, and uh, certainly see this is a great opportunity, something we're going to be exploring further. Uh, I think it's important for, for those of you on, the, on participating in this webcast to be aware of what's going on with, within the VII initiative. And, in fact, it may not hurt if you, if you think the opportunities are as strong as we do uh, to get engaged, uh, to make sure that, that those who are working on VII are aware of um, the interest. And not to say that, that other VII applications aren't important either, but just to say that, that this could be a, a really um, critical function that may get lost if, if the interest is not expressed. So um, just wanted to share that thought. Our thanks to the FHWA for permitting us to bring this webcast to you. If you would like to contact any of the speakers, use the Contact Me button or leave me a message at 206-309-0845 and I will forward your message to them. Thanks for listening and so long for now.